0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stanko Zovak. Born and raised in Los Angeles, I'm now living in Zagreb and studying the Croatian language. In this series, I'll be talking with people both in the homeland and around the globe who have connections to Croatia. We'll hear from business owners, returning diaspora, influencers, musicians and artists, athletes, and the biggest Croatian celebrities that will return my calls. But enough about me, Ida Modalje, and let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, we got a special guest, Emma Raich. Emma is a Croatian-American swimmer from Illinois. Uh, she attends the University of California, Berkeley, and recently competed in the Olympics in Tokyo at only 21 years old. And today, we're going to be talking to her about her experience competing for Croatia, as well as her American swimming career. And we're going to learn a little bit more about her. Emma, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Uh, thank you for having me. This is really exciting.
0: Yeah, of course. Glad to have you. Um, so start us off, you know, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Um, so as I understand, you were born in the U S in Illinois to Croatian parents.
1: Yes. So my parents grew up in Croatia school there. Um, and then they emigrated here around the 1990s, the early 1990s. Um, my dad got his PhD from the university of Illinois. Um, and so I was born there in Illinois, um, started swimming there as well and, um when I was younger we went to Croatia every other summer like entire fence there we have several like houses there as well, and um we'd see family that spend a lot of time there and um
0: and then as I got older
1: it was harder to do just because so took over the summer but um we still managed to be in touch with like a creation room and managed to go quite a couple summers in a row um so yeah that's kind of the beginning of it.
0: Uh-huh. And where in Croatia are your parents from?
1: So, my mom is from Veliko Grica, right outside of Zagreb. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad is from Imotski. Okay. Um, so, we go to those places quite a lot.
0: And so, growing up in the U.S., did you grow up, you know, around the Croatian culture there?
1: Yeah. So, my parents would always speak Croatian at home. Um, we had quite a nice Croatian group in Illinois, where I grew up, and we'd always celebrate holidays with them and obviously eat a lot of Croatian food and um just do like little Croatian things like a christmas tree with those like little hearts um decorations and things like that and so my parents definitely made a really big effort to keep that in within her faith with my sister and i um which i'm grateful for because i feel like i have quite like dual citizenship now of the U.S. Croatia. Like, I really do feel like I am a citizen of Croatia. Um, and it was really nice growing up.
0: Mm-hmm. Is the, what's the Croatian community like in... Are you close to Chicago, or where are you in Illinois?
1: Um, so we used to live, like, three hours away from Chicago, um, a really small town called Champaign-Urbana. Um, and the Croatian community there wasn't really big, but we did find our people. And then when I graduated school, we actually moved down to Austin, Texas, where my family lives right now. And we found a couple of Croatian people there, but we haven't really made a really, like, our own community there, just because we haven't been there for very long. Um, I know Croatian somewhere in Austin, Texas, as well, so that was pretty cool to find out.
0: Hmm, Okay, nice. Because I know that was, for me, at least, in Los Angeles, that was a big part of, um, like, becoming close with my Croatian identity was the croatian culture in the community there that i was around so i know that it's helpful but i never one thing was i never learned the language growing up and i have to ask you because i'm actually i'm in Zagreb right now taking like uh, doing a language program for croatian and i'm having a really hard time with it i have to ask you how good is your croatian
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i can understand and read and write a lot more than i can speak um i'm not super great at speaking but i can definitely like Hold a conversation, and like I trained there, do everything in Croatian, and so I, w- I definitely am not best at speaking, but I can like manage. Like if I think if I lived in Croatia, I would was fine.
0: <laughs> well, I, I feel like that's kind of how it is for a lot of people. That's like, oh, you know, I can understand everything, but speaking, I don't know the exact you know grammar of everything, and like, oh, all these this podijel, all this grammar that they're trying to teach me here is so tough and. There's, like, so many different things to try and – I feel like everything I'm saying is, like, terrible, like, hillbilly Croatian.
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand that. Growing up, I'd always be really embarrassed whenever we go to Asia because I just – I just get so nervous and then I'd mess up. Um, but then you kind of realize as you go older, nobody really cares. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's really cool that you can speak the language. Mm-hmm. um that's kind of the biggest learning point point. and I remember when I took Latin in high school I was like holy crap like this is so hard and I realized it's the same amount of toughness as Korean, and then that re- really opened my eyes
0: <laughs> mm. it's true though people do really appreciate um you know when you're speaking Croatian and even though you know I'm sure they can tell that like you're not speaking perfectly. They're all, oh no, Dobro причаш. You know you're you speaking yeah. so good. <laughs> like I, I know I'm not, but thank you. <laughs> but yeah, they really do appreciate it. Let's get let's get into the swimming. When did you start swimming?
1: So I started swimming at around eight seven, um, and in, in Illinois, mm-hmm. um, I a great like, swim there. Really great community that I'm still in touch with. Um, and I actually started because my sister was swimming. Um, and my mom thought it would be like a good thing to not do and, um, actually really bad at swimming at first and I really hated it. Um, but as I started getting like faster and faster, then I started really liking it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so of the beginning, I guess, of my journey.
0: And then how did it kind of evolve from there?
1: So I think throughout middle school and high school, I started getting good and, um, high school, I started getting like recruited um, some schools, Some at Indiana University, um, a D1 program, um, and so I kind of wanted to do the same, um, and so I was at the University of Texas, um, Harvard, Yale, Northwestern, um, but I knew, my dream school was Cal, um, and I really wanted to go there, but I knew, like, I had, I had no shot, basically, and then I remember one, one Day, I got a pretty email from them and I, I screamed like I ran downstairs. And my parents were like, Oh my god, this is crazy! Um, and then little did I know, we went to Croatia that summer and I so kept in contact with the coach from Cal. And then she offered me a scholarship, and I remember exactly where I was. We were in um Makarska at a beach apartment, yeah. she offered me a scholarship, and it took me no time at all just to be like, Yes, I want to do this. <laughs> um, Yeah, that's definitely the best, one of the best moments ever um, was committing to Cal and one of the most beautiful locations in the world, so that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, for real, it really is. I love Makraska. Wow, yeah, that's such a cool moment to have over there. Um, And how do you like Cal now?
1: I love it. I'm a senior now, and I can't believe that, you know, I've been there for four years. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a really tough, demanding school and the swimming aspect. I mean, we've been in the top four NCA's for the past, like, 15 years, I believe, um, and so it's really, like, no joke when people say it's almost like you have two jobs, um, mm, so it's been yeah. incredibly tough and demanding, but I mean, it's been so rewarding, and I've accomplished things that I never thought of, and um, that's the main aspect, and also like, outside of the pool as well, um, and so I... I can honestly say, like, going to Cal was one of the best choices I've ever made. Um, and I wouldn't have traded, like, any experience for this. So, uh, yeah, definitely going to be graduating with, like, semi-teat kind of feeling. Don't want to leave, but <laughs> thank God I'm over. I'm so tired.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Cal is a really good school. I've heard really good things about it. How did you uh, how did you get involved with the Croatian national team? From were they following you before Cal or was that something that happened at Cal? How did that how did that work?
1: Yeah, so funny. Um, the years before I went to Cal, I would sometimes swim at a pool in Zagreb, um, and I'd see like teams there, but I never really thought much of it, and I didn't really think it was a possibility. Um, and then when my sister went to college, she wanted to swim for the Croatian national team, but it just never really worked out, uh, and then I went to Cal. And I still really wanted to swim for the Corbin team, um, but I had no way of doing it. And then it was very random. Like at the end of my freshman year, I had a really great freshman year swimming was, and at the end of it, um, Legend Julia um was there at practice and he kind of pulled me aside and he was like, hey, like, obviously you're Croatian, I can wear your cap, and like, I know you can speak and all this, and he was like, you know what, it would be such a wasted opportunity if he didn't swim for Croatia. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, this man has, what, like a silver medal from the Olympics, so I wasn't about to take him,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, not seriously. Um, and so he put me in contact with the club that he swims with in Zagreb, uh, which is called Dubrova. Um, and so I emailed a little bit back and forth with Dubrava, the coach, Goran Kemen, and uh, Yovera um, just kind of walked me through the process of how I could potentially come here, and train. And luckily, my mom in Velikogorica is like a 3rd drive away from the pools that they use, so it wasn't too bad. And so that summer, I, I went over. Um, and I actually had to change my sport nationality, because the year before, I swam for the U.S. Um, and mm-hmm. so I had to apply for a change of sport nationality, which was pretty hard. It was kind of a hassle, I'm not going to lie. Um, but everything worked out pretty well. Um, and so I was able to switch, um, they emailed me a couple of weeks before world championships in 2019, um, and went to a couple of meets there, trained really well with Dubravov and I'm making my first national team and my world, my first world's team. Um, and so I got to go to Korea (laughs) with other people there and it was so cool. Um, and so now I do feel like I have such a community when I go back to Croatia and, um, a lot of them do study here in the U S so sometimes I do see them on deck here and I think that's, it's really awesome and funny, honestly. Um, and so that's kind of how I started, um, swimming for the Croatian team. Um, and like my parents helped me a lot, like my mom, would help drive and, um, have my other rice over there. Um, and I also can't drive big shift. So,
0: ah yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's a problem over here. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I couldn't really find a class shift. Um, but everyone at do the ride was so kind and helping me like transition. And I was like really nervous, like social anxiety through the roof. Um, so I didn't really speak lot at the first couple of weeks, I, you know, the coaches got to know me more, to know the team more. I started opening a lot more and my creation obviously got a lot better and it was just so much fun. So
0: yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. You, you talked about how, um, the application process was difficult to switch to the, you know, you know Croatian national team. Was the decision itself to do that difficult?
1: No, the decision was not difficult at all. Um, I knew I've always wanted to swim for Croatia. And Mm -hmm. when Duia was like, you know, like it would be such a missed opportunity to really do that, that kind of just sent it even more. And so when I sent the email to FINA, which is like the World Organization Swimming, and I was like, hey, like I want to switch nationality, um, drafted an email with all the reasons why I wanted to. Basically, I still have the email, but the email (laughs) was. Um, kind of just outlining like, you know, I grew up in such heavy culture. Like I always visit entire families from there. Like I can speak. I go over a lot. Um, like kind of just saying how I felt a little more creation than I do fully. Um, and they came back to me a couple weeks after, and they were like, not really say anything about it, but they were just like, oh, out we'll this form, and we'll process it. Um, so the I'll process itself some time. Um, but like my reasoning behind it was very like truthful and like cemented, um, mm-hmm. and I, I honestly don't think I would have tried to swim for the Croatian national team if like, I didn't visit Croatia a lot. Like I know some people when they have dual citizenship will try to swim for the other country because it's smaller and it'll be easier to make teams um, on there. But for me, it was more about like I want to represent my family and wear like a Croatian name on my cap and um for Croatia. like it just it felt natural to me it felt right um and so that was kind of one of the main driving forces behind doing all that because it wasn't super easy to just you know go to Croatia and train there and make worlds like it was yeah. incredibly tough and grueling and there was a lot of moving parts that I had to figure out like how am I going to train like I'm to a new coach how are we going to do my training you know they don't know me at all so they don't know how I'm going to respond. Like the weights program, all these like tiny logistics was incredibly tough, but I mean, the outcome is well worth it.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. So, so that's yeah. not something that you can just, Oh, okay. You know, snap your fingers. All right, I guess I'll do this. Like, you know, no problem. <laughs> yeah. That's like a big process. And, you know, you definitely have to have, you know, like feelings before that of wanting to, you know, swim for Croatia.
1: Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Emotionally too, it was a lot because I I was at Cal for just one year and I'd done so well here and having to switch to yet another team because I was at the team at Illinois and then I was at the team in Austin-Sys and then I came to Cal with another team, and then having to go to another team emotionally was it's very hard and I'm not like, a very extroverted person and so having to make that fourth switch within. a year and a half was, like, a lot for me, Hmm. Um, but it's funny because it was actually one of the easier switches because everyone appreciated, like, their culture and they respond and their humor was just so much more natural to me than going to another American team, if that makes sense,
0: Hmm.
1: Um, so that was pretty, that was pretty cool, that was, like, the silver lining, so,
0: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, at least if that was one of your easier switches, you know, you definitely, there was something pulling you to do that. Yeah, you know, that's really cool. Um, and so you were in the Olympics, the what last year, right? 2020. Oh, yeah. geez. I guess that's two years ago now, or no 2021 <laughs> 2021. What, yeah. Twenty twenty one. What am I thinking? Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, I mean, tell me a little about that. What was that like? What, what was the buildup to that? Were there like some events that you had to place coming into that, that you were like, you had to hit a certain time or come in a certain result?
1: Yeah, so basically, I had to hit a certain time. Um, and because, you know, COVID hit and really messed up everyone's plans, obviously the delay of another year was really hard. And then having to figure out like a, a meet that I could go to to try to swim that time, it had to be FINA sanctioned. And so that's hard to find in the US as well. And at one point, I thought I'd have to go, I'd have to fly from Cal to somewhere in Europe to swim out of phoenix to get that time. Just because there were no meets in the US, um, but thankfully I found one in San Antonio, and that's close to home, so that was such a blessing. Um, so yeah, the prep was very, very stressful, and thankfully, like there were quite a number of people on my team at Cal who were also trying to make the Olympics for their respective countries, and so I definitely didn't feel alone in my struggles. Like I think we united and bonded more than anything with that. Um, and so i hearing their struggles and me telling theirs like we just really I got to know like so many different facets of everyone's process and so it really made it such a unique pro- like transition for me to you know to say like hey I am shooting for the Olympics like this has been a life dream of mine I'm actually going to do it now um and then that summer I went to Croatia before to train and try those times and um ended up breaking I think two national records and like a, a real national record in an event that like I never swim and that was honestly the best moments ever and uh, I won creation nationals girls do creation nationals and that was really sick as well um and so while the whole process was really stressful and emotionally draining and just so like I've I cried so much because it was so <laughs> stressful. Um, there were so many, like, little pockets of joy and just, like, pure, like, hope. And we, we, we went to a training camp in Turkey. Um, it was me a couple of Croatian Paralympians. Just spending time with them and, you know, getting to really be grateful and appreciate that, you know, like, my fully functional body, like, I have a fully functional body. And mm-hmm. seeing them, like, never, like, complain about anything, like, Everything they can into swimming and how much dedication and grit and commitment they have was truly inspiring to me. I think, while well, obviously the swimming Olympics was, I mean, a dream that I never thought in one million years that I would ever do. Spending that training camp in Turkey with those parallels was one of the most rewarding, like experiences in my lifetime. Um, hmm. And so going into the Olympics. I felt like I had such a good, like, support system with me. Um, I kind of traveled alone. Like, none of my coaches were able to come because of COVID restrictions. And just one other swimmer who actually swims at USC, uh, Nikola Miljanić also came with us and his coach came. Um, so it was hard to just, like, not have a coach or not really knowing anyone on the Creation Olympic team because our country is small and we don't have a lot of qualifiers. Um, but that made it all the more special because you were like, "Wow, like we're a, s- a small country, but yet here I am, like competing at the world's biggest stage." And I'm not only like myself, but I'm I'm standing next to like the Sinkovich brothers who won gold at rowing, and
0: ah uh, yeah um, yeah
1: yeah like Sobi, who won silver in like gymnastics and all these and um, who won gold in taekwondo and I mean that was so humbling and so so cool to be a part of and like I remember watching um taekwondo gold medal match and I mean she was gonna settle for silver until like the last 10 seconds and every everyone from the creation olympic team were like was crowded in a room like with this tiny tv and we were going literally nuts (laughs) And and then when she won we just exploded and like our team managers, like, were handing out, like, alcohol and, like, shots, and, like, they <laughs> got a cake for her, and it was,
0: wow.
1: it was honestly just so surreal. I think back, and I, to the Olympics, and I even think about how I slept, I think about those little moments, or, like, even eating with, like, um, like, Martin Ma- 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 Chilich, tennis player, and his mm. partner, I, that was awesome, and I, like, think all about the family, his kids, and, oh, man. It
0: was wow. <laughs> yeah, that that's surreal. I mean, that's, ah, oh, it sounds incredible. I mean, even, yeah. even you just said, you know, not even the swimming is, you know, the first thing you think of or everything that you think of the whole experience as a whole, you know, everything that all the people over there, uh, it's such a cool experience that, um, I mean, almost what, like 99%, almost, you know, no one gets to experience except for, you know, the select few, you and, you know, all the other top athletes, yeah, that's that's such a cool thing to experience.
1: Yeah, there was I'm I'll be grateful for the rest of my life to everyone who got me here. I like if I was in this alone there no shot of me ever doing anything, but with everyone from Durva, with my parents, with my team here at Berkeley, with all those like other Creation Olympics that I could look up to, like all oh, them being so kind and like when I maybe like started creation or didn't say something right just having them be so warm and welcoming they really didn't have to be and yet
0: they're... when you like when you tell your american friends you know your friends at cal you know that aren't don't have croatian roots or anything and you say like oh yeah i'm i'm going to the olympics i'm swimming in the olympics like what what do they say like the non non-swimmer friends you know someone from class or like is that crazy to them or are they like what
1: yeah <laughs> A couple of my friends, even on like other sports, like baseball or rowing, they were just like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> like what? Heck? You know, a lot of them were like, we were, you could do it. Like, I was rooting for you, blah, blah, blah. But like, they were just, oh, my God, the amount of texts and, like, phone calls <laughs> these times I got when I announced that I made it. Mm-hmm. Was insane. like it took. I think it took me like three full days to get back to everyone. Jesus, um, it was. It was just. It was insane. That's all I have words for. It. It's just completely insane.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure you're getting texts. You know, like during while you're competing, and people saying, "Oh, I'm, I see you on TV right now. You're on Channel Two or whatever." <laughs> I'm, sure yeah. who, I'm sure there were people who. I'm sure there are people who didn't even know. That like you were going, but then recognize you on TV and we're just mind blown.
1: <laughs> I got a lot of um, pictures, even from like my dentist in Austin. I came back and I had a dentist appointment. She pulled up a picture on her phone. She was like, hey, like I saw you in the opening Is at Tokyo. And I was like, i sitting in a dentist chair. And I was like, what? Like, I just came here to get my teeth cleaned. And you're telling me how you watched me on TV. Oh,
0: man. That's when you know you made it, when your dentist is impressed by you. Oh, man.
1: Yeah. It was so funny.
0: Do you have people asking for autographs, or no? Not yet.
1: No. <laughs> no autographs. Pictures. a lot with me, <laughs> Pictures. Yeah, I've gotten a few pictures. Autographs. Maybe one day, but not
0: today. <laughs> I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it's on the way. Um. <laughs> Is there one last thing about the Olympics? Um, is there something like, I mean, because the average person just sees what's on TV, you know, the opening ceremony, the events, and the closing ceremonies. I mean, what else is there, like, to the Olympics? What else goes on that, you know, you wouldn't know about unless you were there that you can talk about?
1: <laughs> Oof. I think, the, well, I remember when I watched the Olympics on television, I really thought it was kind of every man for themselves. Like, You Know the swim team for themselves, the uh, basketball team for themselves, and I think people don't realize is regardless of what age, what country, race, what ethnicity, what event, or sport you are at the Olympics, everyone is rooting for everyone. Hmm. Like, in the dining like everyone's sitting together at the dining hall, and obviously, COVID made it really hard because there were a lot of restrictions, but even with all COVID restrictions, I mean you just kind of felt, like, the positive energy all around, like, the Olympic Village and, like, all around the dining hall. Like, everyone was incredibly excited to be there. Like, yeah, obviously there were nerves, but, I mean, just overwhelming feeling of gratitude, support, and just random people just being so kind and being like, you can do this. Like, I don't know you, and I don't know what sport and what day you're competing, but, like, you got it. You're going to do great. That's definitely the most jaw-dropping moment of Olympics is just the community um, in that Olympic Village.
0: Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's something something I didn't expect. So even people from competing, you know, from other countries are still rooting for, you know, everyone, still picking you up and, you know, saying you can do it and and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's super weird. And all the volunteers around the Olympic Village, they... (laughs) They were so cute, and they just kept asking autographs. Or they're like, they made little signs around like the water polo stadium, and they were like, "You can do it! Like, be tough! Like, let's let's do this!" Just like small things like that that you wouldn't really expect. Was incredibly kind. I mean, I think I think Tokyo did just like an amazing job of putting on the Olympics, um, even with COVID, even with all that garbage and everything COVID-wise.
0: Yeah, they did great. It was... Yeah, that's really tough. I mean, you've got people coming from all over the world, you know, to host the Olympics, I'm sure, you know, that's a pain, a whole bunch of logistical issues and, you know, all kinds of issues. So that, that's good to hear that, you know, it sounds like they did a great job and, you know, everyone had a great time there and there was, there was no fans, right? There No fans were allowed?
1: Yeah, no fans, no outside spectators, um...
0: Is that any different in in swimming? I mean, I'm sure it's hard to hear anything as you're swimming, or is it? I actually have no idea. Like with crowd noise versus no crowd noise.
1: <laughs> um, you can definitely hear the crowd noise when you're swimming. Really, and walking out in the yeah, and walking out in the arena and kind of like having cameras in your face, but no one in the stands, no one mm-hmm. yelling, no one cheering. That was really. Um, but I went to the Europeans before the Olympics. And- it was kind of the same way and so I kind of knew what to expect uh even so like I mean it was obviously a dream of mine to go to the Olympics and my parents you know supported me the most out of anyone to get me here and sacrifice so much and yet they were unable to see my dream in real life um and so that that was like a little you know, like heart crushing in a way because they my mom was planning like a hotel like tickets, all these things beforehand, before COVID hit, and then all of that just kind of went away, and they had to watch uh-huh. me on TV, um, but I mean, went to Makerska when I was in Tokyo, so it's not like they had that crappy instinct, I mean, they're at the beach, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: true, <laughs> can't complain over there, too, but yeah, still, that's, I yeah. mean, that's tough, definitely, want your family to be there, that's a huge moment for you and your family, uh, but I mean, yeah. I, there's... You know, there's nothing you can do about that, you know, in that situation. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get back to one thing you said when we were talking about um, how you had to hit a certain time in, in order to qualify. I was wondering what exactly, like, what's going through your head? What's your, what was your process like knowing this event? You have to hit this time if you want to go to the Olympics. Like, that's so much pressure
1: yeah to say the <laughs> least
0: um what's like your coping method or how do you how do you deal with that and fuel yourself um
1: i think as a person like on deck or as a swimmer i have to be like having fun and i have to be goofy in order to swim fast um and that's challenging obviously when pressure is really hot and you know this is like the last competition to make this cut or things like that and it really did come down to the water at the end and I mean, there were plenty of moments where I just burst out to tears on deck. And my coach, you know, Croatians love to give tough luck. Mm-hmm. He was, like, so kind in the moments. Um, and his name's what well, we call him, Beto. And Beto would just kind of, like, shake me and be like, dude, like, it's okay. Like, you've got it. We've put in so much training. And just having those people around you to put your head straight, I think, would kind of be my biggest coping mechanism if that makes sense um but even when they're not there connecting with them over the phone or just even telling myself like having that good positive self-talk in my head is one of the biggest ways that i kind of cope with that um and just being like look you're being like a little dramatic like relax you're gonna be fine like it's not life or death um Mm. obviously it feels like that when you're trying to make the olympics but in (laughs) the scheme of themes you know if you mess up a turn or like your start was pretty bad it's it's really not the end of the world um so just putting things into perspective too was also another coping mechanism I use a lot
0: Hmm, I like that yeah so putting things into perspective and it sounds like what was a common theme that you've been talking about you know your support system and having that community around you yeah um yeah so so what events are coming up next for you what's what's the plan for the the future
1: So, um, we are in the middle of kind of collegiate season right now. Um, And so, we have Pac-12s and NCAAs um, late February and middle of March. Mm -hmm. Um, So, that's my biggest focus right now is NCAAs. Um, And then after that, internationally, um, I'll be... I'm pretty sure I'll be going... I'm already qualified for world championships um, in Japan um, during the summer. Um, So... Right now, my plan is to attend, Um, and I might, honest, I'm thinking of going to Europeans as well, just because it was so fun last time I went, and I'm already qualified, so why not, you know? Um, And then after that, I don't really know what I'm going to be doing swimming wise. Um, I'm applying to a couple masters programs, Um, and if I get into those, I might be able to swim. I might not. but it's looking right now like world championships will kind of be my last athletic um, high, I guess, or like performance. Um, so that's kind of where I'm headed right now.
0: Are you excited to go back to Japan? Oh, I'm it...
1: very excited. I think it'll be so fun.
0: Yeah? Were you, so it's not, you probably weren't able to travel during the Olympics, right? Around You were just there in Tokyo in the Olympic Village?
1: Yeah, so they completely shut off everything. Yeah, I was just in the village. Um, but the swimming, the pool venue was a little bit away from the village. And so I got to see parts of Tokyo, like in a bus driving around. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, it wasn't much at all. Um, but I actually went to Japan when I was a kid. So I do remember a couple of things. Um, and so I'm hoping that if Worlds is like still going to happen this summer, that we'll be able to go and travel a little bit. Um, because I, I really do love traveling. I'd say that's like one of my hobbies or one of the things I really want to do when I'm no longer an athlete. Um, and so that would be really awesome if I could do that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Japan. Wow. And then where, where would the, uh, euros be held or the European, um, Um,
1: last year it was in Budapest. Um, Uh this year, I don't really know. (laughs) So, (laughs)
0: Yeah, Bud- Budapest was really cool. Actually, I was just there for New Year's for the first time, and I thought it was such a cool city. I had a great time there.
1: Yeah, I did too. Budapest <laughs> is really awesome. I'd love to go again when I'm not like competing or, you know, having to be in bed at like eight o'clock.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm um, sure that's it's, it's tough to yeah. you know, party yeah. on that on that schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, um, aside from swimming. What else do you do in your free time? You know, what else are you, your interests or, you know, aside from, I guess, your your career right now, your swimming career?
1: Yeah, um, my hobbies. Um, I love, well, on the, like, kind of shallowish level, like, I love cooking, mm. um, and my roommate and I cook, extravagant meals, like, all the time. Um, <laughs> I love eating, like, I love food, and I love coffee, and, like, I'm a really big like, connoisseur in that area, and so I really like doing that. Um, and it works great because Croatia has, I mean, amazing food. I'm sure, you know, so that, yeah. <laughs> that works out perfectly. Um, and you I'd cook any like other thing? Well, it's not like uh, I really,
0: Oh sorry, um, go ahead.
1: Okay. Um, besides kind of eating and cooking, I guess, <laughs> um, not that I have like a ton of time, but I really do love traveling and I love exploring different places. And so the times when I'd go to Croatia to train there. I would always make sure to like go to another country or go to a part of Croatia I've been before so like um two years ago when I was in Croatia for my first worlds um we went to Slovenia for swim meet and then we stayed like a little extra and you know went to Bled and uh, everywhere in Slovenia it was awesome I would love to go there again um and I've been to Amsterdam and Madrid and Barcelona and like I could just keep listing like countries that i've been to and i mean that i love doing that and i would love to go back to madrid or barca um so i'm no longer like swimming or you know an athlete i'm definitely going to be doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah it sounds like you've been you've been to a lot of places i mean even while you're swimming it sounds like you're getting to go to a lot of places so that's really cool too that you can kind of you know combine those and to a certain extent uh, which is really cool about the cooking that you were talking about what's your favorite um thing to cook you know do you have any croatian specialties or what do you stick to usually what's your go-to
1: um so i actually don't cook a lot of croatian food at school just because my roommate um is finnish actually and also part mexican and so we do like a lot of like tacos kind of like regular tacos but we make we like make our own tortillas or like tortilla chips we make our own guac we really like put in the effort to make everything handmade um
0: wow you're making your own tortillas
1: really, yeah it's pretty <laughs> awesome it's really easy too um and one of my like specialties to make that my roommate always asked me to do is i make this like tortellini soup with carol and italian sausage
0: um, oh.
1: And it's, it is fire. It's like flame. It's so good. Um, <laughs> and that's definitely, it's really fun to cook too. And it's pretty, good. it has kale in it. So it works out.
0: Um, yeah, that's true. You get that part too. Yeah. yeah, cooking is fun. But I mean, of course, the other part, the cleaning. What's that like for you? Do you, you and your roommate <laughs> switch off? Or do you, are you one of those crazy people um, that like cleaning? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so it used to be more like whoever cooks where the other person would clean. But mm. we kind of got into the habit of just cooking together, and then we'd clean together, and it's really kind of, honestly, it's like whoever gets up from the dining table first is the one who like, starts <laughs> cleaning, and then person gets to decide whether they want to do dishes or like other things. Um, I honestly don't mind doing dishes, because we don't have a dishwasher here, so we have to do everything by hand, mm. um, which sucks, but we also like blast music and like dance in the kitchen and so it's actually really fun um and I guess I am a little like I, I kind of like cleaning like I like living in a clean space um and so I I enjoy those parts as well
0: <laughs> that's important there's always got to be one roommate that likes to clean because then if not it's just a <laughs> madhouse over there <laughs>
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: <laughs> uh, that's cool yeah as long as you can have fun with it I mean that's a good time well, Emma, I mean, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was really interesting hearing about you and hearing about your career and your swimming. Um, I know everyone listening or everyone that's going to be listening, you know, is rooting for you. Um, you know, we hope you compete well in Japan. That's this summer. What, what month is that?
1: Uh, I believe end of May.
0: Oh, geez. End of May. Okay. Yeah. Well, we wish you luck in that and all your other <laughs> events. <laughs> that's coming up pretty soon. Actually, now that I think about it. <laughs>
1: yeah very
0: soon yep all right but yeah thank you again emma and um you know wish you the best of luck
1: yeah thank you so much for having me i really appreciated it so thank you again
0: that's it for today's episode of the all things croatia podcast thanks for tuning in and i hope you all enjoyed it you can subscribe to the patreon and check out the all things croatia instagram page to stay updated feel free to reach out to me with any questions tips or ideas and make sure to tune back in to the next episode Thanks again and vidimose.